the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. And welcome in. It is a spectacular Wednesday in the city of Pittsburgh, so welcome the ride home with John and Kathy, but it's just with Kathy today because John Hall taking another day off. I'm joined, however, by Christy Stockdale, the producer, the fine producer of the Thank ride you. home, who joins me from the other room today. It is so beautiful out. Gorgeous. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you what, all of my whining and complaining on Saturday when I had to go to a bridal shower, I wasn't whining and complaining about the bridal shower, but I was whining and complaining about having to dress up. And figure out how to go outside in the type of weather we had on Saturday, which was driving snow, incredible wind. It was like a total mess. And I'm thinking, how do I show up at this facility, which is very lovely, looking like I am some like responsible adult when this kind of weather is going on? Anyway, and we are rewarded only three days later by the spectacular nature of what is happening outside. So if you've not been outside today, if you've been perhaps hunched over your iPad or your computer or in a dark room doing something sad, I want to encourage you to get outside, bring your radio with you um, or your phone with you, however you're listening to us today um, and bring us along with you because we have a terrific two hours today. I'm super excited um, about a couple things we're going to be talking about. Um, The first being um, how empathy is increased inside of us when we read good books. And my guest, uh, Claude Acho, is going to be with me in just a couple minutes, and we're going to talk about that. Also, in the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about the news coming from Christianity Today about former editor Mark Galley and longtime guest on our show being accused of sexual harassment. want to be upfront about that story, and we'll discuss it with our good friend Doug Bursch at 510. Um, also, nothing wasted. God uses the stuff you wouldn't. Um, an evergreen conversation, uh, a really significant one we had with Casey Van Norman also coming up in our five o'clock hour and this hour as well, continuing to monitor sleep awareness week. And today, my friends, we're talking about the benefits of napping. So bring it. All right. Before we get any further down the path, would you, Christy, start us out in our top four at four. For Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. Number one. This isn't as much of a news story as it is um, a personal comment about a news story from me to all of you. Uh, If you weren't able to watch Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's live address to Congress this morning, I urge you to do so sometime before you go to sleep tonight. We are in an astounding, astounding time in history that allows us to see the horrors of suffering from around the world, but also we are afforded the opportunity to see and hear from a hero of our generation, live and in real time, while his country is under attack. This address 
will amaze you, and the video he included will break your heart. Pray without ceasing for the wisdom of our president and our congressional leaders, a change of heart for the leaders of Russia, and for the mercy of God on the people of Ukraine. Number two, the U.S. Senate has passed legislation that would make daylight savings time permanent starting next year, ending the silly thing we do twice a year where we have to change our clocks. I mean, it's crazy town. And I'm happy to tell you that the Senate approved the Sunshine Protection Act unanimously by voice vote. Now, that doesn't make it law because the House, now going back to your original civics lesson, you should know the House must still pass the bill before it can go to the president to sign. But Senator Marco Rubio is one of the bill's sponsors, and he said that supporters agreed that the change would not take place until next year. That would be November of 2023, after hearing input from airlines and broadcasters about just the fact that it would take time to change schedules and that sort of thing. But it is coming down the path, maybe. Since 2015, about 30 states have introduced legislation to end the twice-yearly changing of clocks, and a 2019 poll found 71% of Americans prefer to no longer switch their clocks twice a year. I can't believe it's not higher than 71. Are there people that enjoy changing really? clocks? Oh, gosh. Daylight savings time has been in place in nearly all of the U.S. since the 1960s after first being tried in 1918. Number three. Kennywood will open a week earlier than in previous years. It'll open Easter weekend on April 16th for season pass holders and to the public on April 17th. Details of this big improvement project, multi-million dollar project, were unveiled today, including 4,300 gallons of paint that have been used to refresh the Thunderbolt, Jackrabbit, the Racer, and the Phantom's Revenge. Now, I don't think that they changed their colors. I hope not, because I'm very attached to the colors they are. I don't want to go in and like find that like the racer's green or something. I thought they were changing the Phantom's Revenge color. Really? I thought there was like a poll on Facebook. To what? I don't remember. I don't remember what won. Interesting. All right. Well, one of the highlights is not the coasters, but it's the return of the kangaroo, which was it was a horrible decision to take it away in the first place. But I'm happy to tell you it's back. It's the centerpiece of the refurbishment. Also, there will be a large carousel horse that will reportedly welcome visitors. The ticketing and security screening process will be more streamlined and the walk to and through entrance tunnel will, quote unquote, feel brighter. The candy kaleidoscope will have floor to ceiling windows. The old mill Kennywood's oldest ride in operation since 01 will see a new facade. Also, there's going to be some new bathrooms, right? I mean, who doesn't want that? The gift shop located next to the kangaroo was rebuilt and the beer garden undergoing a full refurbishing. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to go. I haven't been there since I got a vertigo about four years ago. And I'm not saying I'm ready to like go on a bunch of stuff because that'd probably be stupid, but I can't wait to get back in there. And number four... ESPN has hired Joe Buck and Troy Aikman from Fox Sports and will have them host Monday Night Football, the network said today. As part of a multi-year deal starting this coming season, ESPN will pay 35% more to carry the Monday Night Games, and Troy Aikman will become one of the highest-paid NFL color commentators at about $17.5 million a year. Now that is crazy town. Thursday Night Football will only be available on Amazon beginning this fall, and it sounds like Al Michaels will call the games with Kirk Herbstreet, and NBC's Mike Tirico will take over Sunday Night Football with Chris Collinsworth remaining the color commentator. And, of course, don't forget the Manning Brothers on ESPN2, and that is your top four. 
at four. Now, does the commentator or the color commentator mean anything to you, Christy? Uh, not really. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Chris. What's his name? Chris Collinsworth. Collins? Yeah, I'm not a fan of him, though. Okay. Okay. I don't mind him. I like Tony Romo. I very much like Al Michaels. I like Mike Tirico. I like, I, I'm, I'm fine with really any of them. And I thought the Monday Night Crew did a good job. Steve Levy, um, and the other two who I can't think of right now. Um, so I kind of feel like they got the raw end of this because I thought that, you know, Monday Night Football a couple years ago was like horrifically terrible. And I feel like they made it a lot better. And so I'm not sure what's going to happen to those guys. Um, I am happy that Al Michaels landed at Amazon because I think he's excellent. And I feel like he was getting a raw deal um, from NBC on that. Um, favorites? Do you have any, Christy? Aaron Andrews. Oh, she she's a sideline reporter, but she is my absolute favorite. I like her a lot. You know who else I um see? Now I'm not going to be able to think of his name. He's a sideline reporter. Also, I can see his face. Probably 40 years old, um, white, blonde. Oh, I think he does such an excellent job. I'm going to look him up so we can talk about him later. Um, but as far as the color commentators, I feel like they're all good enough. And the only reason people are tuning in is the game. It's not the commentators. True. So this type of salary that they're tossing out to, t- to Troy Aikman and whatever, I just think it's wasted money. I really do. Anyway. All right. Coming up next, I'm very excited to welcome Claude Acho to the program. We're going to talk next about reading black books. What does it mean? How could it change you? It's next in The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. If you hope in God, that means you must obey God. Join pastor and speaker Dr. Tony Evans for a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience on a luxury cruise through Alaska. Enter our Tony Evans Alaska Cruise Sweepstakes. The grand prize includes airfare for two to Seattle, where the cruise ship will stop in Juneau, Glacier Bay, Ketchikan, and Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. There's a whole lot there. Cruise with Tony Evans. Enter at wordfm.com slash contests. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. 
insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. been a whole set of studies that have been released over the last, I don't know, six or seven years about reading. Um, in particular, though, about reading fiction, reading literature, um, most specifically. And these studies have proven that the more that we read literature, the more we immerse ourselves in other people's stories, the more empathetic we become, the more compassionate we become, um, the more open-minded we become in a good way. Not the kind of open-minded where you lose your opinions, but the kind of open-minded where you realize there might be more to your opinion than you originally thought. Now, when I think back on my reading, and reading's been such a huge part of my life since I was a kid, I think of how reading has changed me. And I think of, I remember being in third grade and um, pulling A Wrinkle in Time off the shelf in the library. Um, And I expressed interest in it. And a day later, a day later, my dad bought it for me so I could have it in my library because he wanted to encourage me in this. And reading Meg Murray, who's the main character, she taught me how that what I was doing as a kid could have huge consequences in a larger world. And then when I got older and I read uh, Pride and Prejudice, um, Elizabeth Bennett. So she taught me how to that it's okay to have an opinion. It's also okay to say you're sorry and realize you were wrong. Um, and then if I think about something like Lord of the Rings, I think reading that book showed me that it was okay to be brave, that it was good to be brave and that it's okay to be scared and still do the right thing and recognize that your little action is part of a huge story that's going on. So those three books, they're just the three that popped into my head, changed me as a person. And that's why I could not be more excited about this book that landed in my mailbox last week called Reading Black Books. Um, this is just the kind of book that speaks to me and I think will speak to you if you love reading. And I'm so, so happy to have Claude Acho on the program with me. He's the author of the book. Claude is pastor of Church of the Resurrection in Charlottesville, Virginia. He's taught African-American literature at the college level and is a regular writer and podcast contributor for Think Christian, the book, again, called Reading Black Books. Claude, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome. Kathy, thank you so much for having me and for your uh, kind words. Sure. So I would assume from reading this book that you're a lover of reading as well. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay. So though I know you're familiar with those studies I've talked about that reading books changes you as a person. So talk about, before we go any further, the books that you read as a kid. I mentioned a couple off the top of my head that changed you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I can remember um, Orson Scott Card's uh, book, Ender's Game. And I remember my fifth grade teacher handing me that. And it's a it's a pretty long book. Um, and I'm not sure if I give it to a fifth grader now, but yeah. I, I devoured it and went through the whole series. And, uh, you know, it was it was a gateway into just uh, reading on my own. And so I, I learned a lot from Ender about resilience, um, about overcoming odds and really um, uh, about uh, political things and the difficulties mm. of, of war and survival. So it was a it was a it was a book that, you know, moves by plot, but it's deep in theme. And so that had a, a large impact on me. And that sort of set me running um, and turned me into someone who loves to either be in a bookstore or in a library. And those are my two favorite places outside of my own home. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so this book that you've produced, I cannot recommend it enough. I'm so into it. Um, and I and I'm only maybe a third of the way through it. This is why I love it, um, because it's written by somebody who loves reading, but someone who's able to read a book and put it in such a larger context and make it speak to the heart and the mind of a person. Um, and so that, I think that's where I want to start. You talk at the very beginning about reading through a literary lens and reading through a theological lens. Can you talk about the difference between those two and why they're both important? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think reading through a literary lens is sort of, you know, what we are taught in school, you know, if we're, you know, engaged in paying attention, it's sort of taking a, taking a story and a text on on its terms and um, not just reading it to get from page one to the last page, but to think about uh, the themes contained in the story and, and then also the form of the story. Why, why is the author um, communicating in this way? Uh, what do they seem to be up to with the journey of the character? What themes do they seem to be touching on? And uh, how does that relate to the way that the story is told? So, uh, so you're really thinking about the text, you know, um, and and you're engaging with it in terms of its devices, its themes, and sort of um, its impact. And then I think thinking about a text um, theologically means you're doing that work of of engaging in terms of a literary close reading, thinking about the things I just mentioned. But you're then crossing the bridge into what does this mean in relation to God's kingdom? What does this mean in relation to uh, living faithfully as God's people, as Christians? Uh, how does this connect into divine revelation and the story of scripture? Uh, what sort of themes do we see um, overlapping, connecting, uh, challenging, um, filling in uh, between the literary work and what we know to be true of the world according to God. So it's sort of trying to bridge the gap. And, and I think, you know, what I was hoping to do with this book was to not, um, not to hop, skip and jump over the literary in order to make theological points uh, or Christian points, but to really try to engage with the challenges and the questions that these authors are dealing with in their work, and then use that as a bridge into um, Christian reflection and to be challenged and to hopefully be made uh, sharper, more faithful disciples through that. And isn't that the essence? Shouldn't that be the essence of every Christian reading books is that we are involved, We our lives are played out in the entire, in the huge story of God's redemptive purpose, right? And so everything that we take in, whether it's something we're watching on TV, whether it's a book we're reading or whatever, that can, that it's part of the big story. And so if we don't do that second step you talked about of integration theologically, I don't care if you're reading the newspaper. I don't care if you're reading, if you're watching The Office. I don't care if you're reading a great, if you're reading, you know, War and Peace or whatever it is. That, that has to be part part of our imagination. I think that that's an essential part of our sanctification. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, um, getting to what you had mentioned with the wrinkle in time and, and, um, and pride of prejudice, uh, you know, there's certain works that when we, when we look at them on their terms, and then we also bridge into sort of, uh, our imagination as Christians, um, that's where we can see uh, gaps filled in, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I try to do with this book in particular was, you know, for for a lot of um, Christian readers, you know, maybe reading literature is is a new first step, and then maybe reading African American literature is a is an even newer step. And so, I just wanted to try to offer something to help people in that journey and in that conversation. The book is called Reading Black Books, How African-American Literature Can Make Our Faith More Whole and Just. Claude Acho is with me. Okay, so let's let's uh, jump over that gap. Uh, let's talk about African-American literature. Um, for people who aren't familiar with it, tell us what it is, where it's come from, what distinguishes it. Yeah, so um, most uh, basically uh, understood, you know, African-American literature is uh, literature that deals uh, with the core concerns of, of African-Americans. Um, so if you wanted to trace it from kind of some of its earliest times, you could look at uh, sort of slave narratives like uh, Harriet Jacobs. You could even look at the po- poetry of uh, someone like Phyllis Wheatley, a, a strong, uh, strong Christian black woman. And so that's where you could trace some of its lineage and history. And then if you draw it up into uh, kind of more modern times, you could look at people like, uh, you know, Toni Morrison, uh, James Baldwin. You could look at Colson Whitehead, um, Underground Railroad, some of those sort of things. So so that's sort of the genre. It encompasses, uh, obviously, novels um, and literature, but also poetry um, and also spiritual, spiritual songs. Mm-hmm. Those would be considered part of African-American literature, things that speak to the core concerns and experiences of that people group. Yeah. Now, Claude, I'm going to be as honest uh, as I possibly can here. Um, when I said I spent my lifetime reading, right? And I I absolutely have loved books since I could read books. And I have only read two of the books on your list. Mm. And um, there are 10 in here, and a couple of them I've never even heard of. Mm. And so I think that probably speaks to the divide between how you grew up and how I grew up on the kinds of stuff that I read in school, just to be forthright about it. Um, Which which two had you read, Kathy? um, I read Toni Morrison, and I read Ralph Ellison, and mm. that's it. Those are great, though. They are great, and I'm glad to have read them, but I look at all of this other, and I don't want to get on a jag about how terrible my education was, because I had a great education, but I think I had an incomplete education, and that's why I think a book like this can really make a difference. So we talked at the beginning about empathy, and um, I I don't need to tell you how great the divide is between people in America right now. And I think a lot of that is fostered. It's fostered through anger and misunderstanding. But a lot of it is just um, not being able to imagine what someone else's life is like. And that's what books can do for you. And so that's when, why I feel like this is so important. Maybe I just ask you to talk about that a little bit, about just the potential of people who grew up like me, maybe in a white middle class environment, never exposed. I was never exposed to any of these books until I was in college. Um, and maybe what you're hoping might come from this. Sure. Yeah, I would love I would love to say something to that. You know, I think a lot about um 
actually Philippians chapter two and, and sort of the way the Apostle Paul talks about the incarnation and even that phrase, um, looking to the interests of others. And when I think a lot about the merits of reading literature, it is a way to uh, to look to the interests of, of, of another. You, you're, you're reading and you're entering, uh, you're inhabiting uh, an environment that's not your own. It's crafted for you by an author. So there's the literary lens and it puts you in that perspective. Uh, and so, you know, for somebody, um, say that maybe had, um, you know, their own particular, um, setting environment and upbringing that's say different than maybe someone like, uh, bigger Thomas and native son, one of the books I talk mm-hmm. about, um, it, how else would somebody really get inside of that experience other than, you know, maybe that right. someone like that's your best friend. H- how, how else right. could you do that? Right. It, you know, you can't, you can't force your way into an experience that's not your own, but you can, but you can enter in through reading. And, and that's where uh, the gift of reading kind of mirrors this court, sort of incarnational concern, right? Where, you know, we can't take on an experience of, of, uh, a pain and suffering. That's not our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be concerned, but through reading, we can, we can enter into it in a, in a unique way. Uh, and that enables us to grow our capacity to understand our grow our capacity to have empathy and to, to be concerned. And then, as we said, to then bridge that gap into what, what would faithful, um, kingdom action, Christian love look like as our understanding is now expanding. And I think that's where reading can be a gift for us, especially if we were to read these works in community and then to begin to discuss them. And and that way, it's not just sort of, you know, I've taken this experience. What do I do with a difficult work like Toni Morrison's Mm -hmm. Beloved? Uh, That's a hard text, as you mentioned. And so if you read that and you read that with others, then that sort of shared experience of inhabiting that text can begin to come alive and we can discuss. And as we discuss, we get a better sense of what it might look like to grow our understanding. And then also, obviously, as Christians, uh, grow our our faithfulness in our living. Yeah. So, Claude, when I... um... When I opened up your book the first time, um, I felt like, first of all, you're incredibly skilled in how you approach a text. So this is, uh, you know, this is what you know how to do. So for anyone listening to this, um, the, I highly recommend it. If you like literary criticism, if you are a good reader yourself and you really want someone to be able to lead you through something, Claude is the person to do that. Um, but also, I just, as a, as a sister in Christ, I want to thank you for how faithful you are in really seeing the these works through the lens of the gospel. And I mm-hmm. think that you've done that beautifully. I really have. Mm-hmm. I'm only a third of my, a third of the way through the book, but, um, I just, I, I really appreciate that. And it's not, I think that's kind of rare. Hmm. I, I'm so grateful for that encouragement. Um, you know, I, I wanted this book, I, w- I was hoping this book would be a gift and encouragement to, um, to the church to begin this conversation. And, you know, part of that's the, um, you know, as a, as a pastor, you know, I, I want to make the the turn to Jesus, the mm-hmm. turn to the gospel, uh, all of these things. And so I was hoping to sort of bridge, um, you know, close reading and also kind of, um, you know, what preachers like to do <laughs> and, sure. and, and sort of make the connection to, to the scriptures. And, and, and partly through structuring the book, I, I wanted to try to, you know, pair, certain works with kind of Christian themes and, and use each work as a lens into those themes. And so I'm, I'm just really encouraged to, to hear that feedback good, from you. Good, because I, I sincerely mean it. The book is called Reading Black Books, How African-American Literature Can Make Our Faith More Whole and Just. Um, we're already over time, so we really have to go because uh, that's what radio is, Claude. But um, <laughs> I think I'm going to read Native Son, okay? Mm. And um, I'll email you. 
when I'm done. Or Please. even better, if you'd be willing to come on the show and talk to John and I about it, um, I think that'd Absolutely. be really fun. Absolutely. Yes. Count me in. Okay. Terrific. All right. Listen, uh, I highly recommend you finding reading black books. Claude Acho, thanks for being with me today. Thank you so much, Kathy. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. Coming up next, it's Sleep Awareness Week, you guys. And you know what the topic is today? The benefits of napping. I'm all about it. Thanks, Claude. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7, 365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. My grandma makes fried chicken that is simply the world's best. But sometimes she'll say, Ah, I didn't get that batch just perfect. To me, a little bit less than the world's best still tastes like the world's best. It's Ryan, and that's kind of how I feel about all this interest rate hubbub right now. The internet wants to make it feel like the sky is falling. And sure, rates might come up a bit this year, but a small move up from historically the lowest the world has ever seen is still some tasty fried chicken. I worked with a radio listener this week and gave him five different refinance and cash out refinance options. Because rates were still great, and because home values have gone sky high, he was able to pull out a significant amount of cash from his home, and his mortgage payment and years on the loan didn't change at all. They're going to use the cash to pay off some debt, take a special vacation, and save the rest for peace in their brains. If you're curious what your specific options would be, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Is your congregation confident when it comes to sharing the faith? Most Christians would like to share their faith, but simply don't know how. Lutheran Lay Renewal of America offers a Sharing Your Faith workshop that examines the spiritual and psychological barriers to faith and offers effective ways to open the door to friendly spiritual conversations. Perfect for a Sunday morning Bible class, this one-hour workshop is offered at no cost to any Christian church. To schedule, call 724-287-5151 or visit LutheranRenewal.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Increasing clouds expected tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 47. It'll be warm tomorrow with clouds and breaks of sunshine. We'll reach a high of 66. Rather cloudy skies tomorrow night. Mild with a low of 47. Friday, some sunshine, then turning cloudy and remaining warm. We'll reach a high Friday of 71. 
For Saturday, cloudy and breezy with occasional rain will reach a high Saturday of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Since this is the third day in a row we're talking about it, I think I want to go as far as to say we're celebrating Sleep Awareness Week. At first, we were just observing it. That was Monday. Tuesday, we were kind of remembering it. But today, I believe it's gone into a full-blown celebration. And that the reason why is we're talking about the benefits of napping. So you might not be aware that Sleep Awareness Week is a thing, but it is. Um, it is this week, each calendar year. And today, I read an article on napping. And listen, if I could nap every day, I seriously think that my entire life situation would improve. Now, let me, let me just tell you a couple things about this. This is from the uh, National Sleep Foundation, and they should know sleep, right? Um, researchers say a 20-minute nap is the best length, which to me, I'll be honest with you, is a little short. Anyway, but they say a short nap like this allows your mind and body to rest without entering the deeper stages of sleep. It'll help you to feel refreshed to meet the demands of your day. It can prepare you for when you may be short on sleep, like when you've had to work or study late, and also improving your mood and energy level. Okay, so that's a 20-minute nap. Now, if you have time and a need for a longer nap, like apparently I do because this is the kind I like, napping for 60 to 90 minutes is enough time, they say, to have a sleep No, to have a deep, slow-wave sleep, but end up in the lighter stages of sleep so you feel alert when you're awake. Because the problem, they said, with a medium length, like a 45-minute nap, is that you wake up during the slow-wave part of your sleep, and then you feel really groggy at that time. So you should either go short or long, but maybe not hang out in the middle. Scientists have found that when people napped around 30 minutes, they had better memory recall and superior overall cognition than both non-nappers and people who napped longer. Now, who doesn't want to have superior overall cognition? Christy Stockdale, I throw this to you. Do you like to nap? I do like to nap. I never nap. I know. That's the problem. I wish that we could work in a 30-minute during the day. Like... What are there? Do you nap on weekends? No, I'm busy. Mm-mm. See, every I work on Sundays, so every Sunday around four o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, I take a nap, and that has been like a, a time enshrined by my husband and I since we got married, and now he and I both do it. Our kids do it. Every it's it's the greatest, and that's the sixty to ninety guy. I mean, it's never shorter than 90 because then, like, what are we bothering for? Okay, listen to this. Uh, We're short on time, but I want to tell you this. NASA tested the effects of power napping on astronauts and found it had an effective boost for both performance and alertness. So if you're listening to the ride home today and you're saying, I just, I want to, like, make a change in my life, maybe this is one of the ones that's going to pay benefits. Sleep researchers recommend napping before 2 p.m. That's the very best time. On days you're not able to take a nap, get outside and get some sunlight. And if you do find time for a nap, find a cool, quiet, dark place for napping or consider wearing an eye mask like Christy. That's where we are. It's National Sleep Week. Call it a celebration. Coming up next, the LGBTQ issue, getting our theology and our tone right. It's next. The Ride Home.
101.5 WORD. The Book of the Month giveaway. Grace. It's a word we've heard since the very first step in our faith journey. But do we really believe in God's grace? Dr. Andrew Farley's new book, The Grace Message, invites you to discover the best flavor of Christianity and celebrate the good news of the gospel to the fullest. Life is too short to miss out on God's best. Discover how big God's grace really is. Sign up to win The Grace Message at wordfm.com slash contests. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable. Offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Want it done right? Call doing it right. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. This spring, share an evening with one of the great Bible teachers in America today. Anne Graham Lotz, Skip Heinzig, and Tony Evans will be coming to Museum of the Bible as part of Transform, the museum's new series of biblical reflections. Listen to these great preachers share their favorite scripture and the transformative impact the Bible has had on their lives. Seats are limited, so register today at museumofthebible.org. I've spent my uh, adult life in a church that works um, consistently with college students. We're on a university campus. Um, I have two kids of my own. Uh, I've hung out with a lot of their kids. Um, I've just continually kind of tried to stay in contact with um, how people are changing their viewpoint, especially people inside the church on different cultural issues. It's one of the things we try to do on the show here on a regular basis. Um, and the LGBTQ issue continues to be um, a challenge for me. And I say it's a challenge because I want to, um, I want to be faithful to uh, God's uh, heart on this, 
on these matters, and I also want to be faithful to his attitude um, and the kindness that he's shown to me in my life, and I want to extend that to whoever I come in contact with, regardless of what issue we're discussing. Um, and so when it comes to our public interaction on the issue, our social media interaction, things get ugly fast. And so John and I are always eager to talk to people who are trying to figure it out um, just the way we are. And so I'm happy to welcome Claire DeGraff to the program. Um, Claire is the CEO for the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. And Claire, I I'm grateful you could be with us today, and welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, Claire, you you heard my heart on this. Um, It's something that I continually find, as I said, to be a challenge. Um, Your perspective on where we are right now in our current language and conversation about it. Sure. So um, I'm an elder in a very conservative church in Grand Rapids. It's a large church, Grand Rapids, Michigan maybe 5,000 people. We've got a lot of international students, college students, but we've got a lot of older conservative people. And I make this statement all the time. I said, whether you like to think about it or not, your children and grandchildren, younger Christians, are making our treatment of LGBT people the litmus test of whether they actually want to be part of any church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I you know, they can argue with me all of the day long, but most of them have LGBT friends and and they generally don't have any problem with it, even if they consider themselves Christians. And so we need to learn to have an approach that is true to the Bible, but is also loving and kind. Well, most people don't think that's possible, but I was introduced to a guy named Dr. Preston Sprinkle mm-hmm. about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I had read a number of his books, and, uh, and I was just so impressed with him. And I'm a grandfather. I've got 20 grandchildren, and uh, half of them are in college or high school. And they were asking all these questions. And so I just contacted Dr. Sprinkle. He's a Ph.D. in New Testament from Aberdeen University, taught at Cedarville University, taught for Francis Chan at Eternity Bible College, and so he's got tremendous credentials, and uh, I called him up one day, and I said, I've been studying this topic as a grandfather. I'd like to fly you to Grand Rapids. Let's spend a week together. I'll pay you for your week, and let's see once if we can't start a national ministry to train pastors how to teach their people to be more kind and gentle and understanding of LGBT people from the, the churches and the Bible's historical understanding of sexuality and marriage and gender. But we also want to distance ourselves from the church's historical mistreatment of LGBT people also. So that led to the starting of the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. And our website is centerforfaith.com. Okay. So as you're speaking... I'm thinking about people that I know, people that you know, people who are listening to the program who think I'm not interested in pandering to a group of people who I think are an abomination. Yeah. Your response. Yeah, so my quick response is uh, not all gays are alike. You know, um, uh, it's amazing how many people will say to me, well, the gay lifestyle. And I said, well, that's interesting. Is there a heterosexual lifestyle? You mean Anne Graham Watts has the same lifestyle as Kim Kardashian? 
they're both straight, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, no, no. There's, you know, and so you can't lump everyone. There are, I know Christians, I, I gay people who are gay and celibate and intend to be celibate. I know some who are um, a, a woman who is married to a man and they have three children. She still is not sexually attracted to her husband, but she married her best friend and she wants to be faithful to the Bible. I think all we think about is the loud and proud we see on TV. And I tell pastors what we should be concerned about is the silent scared in every church. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So talk about that, the silent and scared. Yeah, so um, I I literally just left a university um, professor who came and his wife came in my office and their son yesterday came out. Mm-hmm. And he's an he's international student. And, and they were f- are freaking out. Well, the son sent them an email and said that he's known he's been gay since junior high, but he was hoping that God would change him. He's been begging God to take that away. Please make me straight. And, and so he's been wrestling with this for seven years and finally came out. And because his father is a leader in a church, evangelical Christians. He didn't want to disappoint his parents. He was the silent and scared that we need to be concerned about. And they said, what do we say to him? I said, begin with just telling him that you love them mm-hmm. and that this is new information to them. You've been thinking about this for seven years. Just give us a little grace to learn more about what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so they're on a journey to learn more about what it means to be LGBT, what it means to him. They're asking him what that means. Because some are saying, no, I believe it's still wrong for me to have sex, but I'm wrestling with this. Other people, no, I'm fine and I'm going to get married. So we should ask questions before we just lump everyone into the, the loud and proud. And you know they, don't, they, they just don't believe in the Bible. Claire DeGraff is with me, CEO for the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. Um, Claire, I think this probably speaks, what you just said, speaks to a larger problem we have as Christians, which is that we we seem to have a light tolerance for people who are still struggling with anything. And for some reason, like, we aren't struggling with things still. I mean, it's just very strange how hard we can be on each other instead of just allowing one another uh, uh, allowing one another to be honest about saying, this is how I am, and I know that this is what the Scripture tells me about whatever your issue is, and I'm not meeting it. And I feel like that should be just a general part of Christian discipleship and friendship. Uh, it's interesting you just say that. So I have a statement I make all the time. We Christians tend to vilify the sins we're least likely to commit. Mm, <laughs> and that's so, so good. You know, <laughs> we tend to, we have this hierarchy in our mind, and being gay is kind of the, the, the felony capital sin. <laughs> well, actually, if you, if you look at uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 6 and, and in Leviticus, there's more commandments against heterosexual sin yeah. than there is against same-sex sin. Right. And so the, the bad news and the good news is God is an equal opportunity hater of sin outside of marriage, yeah. of sex outside of marriage, <laughs> whether straight or gay. Right. But, but because most of us are straight, we tend to vilify that. And uh, when I served at first 
investigating this whole thing as, a, as again as a grandfather and as an elder who I I knew I just in my sense we were not being kind to LGBT people and where did that come from? And after hanging out with a lot of gay people, Christians, non-Christians, my wife said to me, doesn't it creep you out to, to spend time with them? And I said, you know what? I'm being creeped out less. But I've been asking myself the question, am I creeped out because God taught me to be creeped out? Or did I learn that in the military when I was in college where every young man I know sent out signals, I'm not that way? Because that, that being gay was the worst thing that happened. And so I think I got my homophobia, not from God, but I got it from, from the culture, from my friends. I got information that same-sex sex, as all sex outside of marriage, is a sin from God, but not the disgust. How about that? Well, I really appreciate that, Claire. I wish we had more time. But, you know, this is the strictures we live in on radio. And so I want to tell you how grateful I am for you joining me today. Hopefully we can do it again. Okay. I'm happy to join you anytime. Give us your website Bye-bye. again, Claire. Yeah, centerforfaith.com. Centerforfaith.com. Really, I mean, it's an important thing to keep talking about. If you don't understand it, if parts of it creep you out, it's okay. Keep talking about it. We're going to keep having conversations like this with Claire DeGraff, CEO for the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. Thanks, Claire. Yeah, thank you. In the Bible, Jesus says when we care for the least of these, it's like we're caring for him. But who are the least of these? They're moms, like Mirna from Guatemala who fights every day just to keep her children fed. Right now, they are hungry. They want food, and we don't have money enough to get to that whole week. COVID-19 has left the world's poorest families on the brink of starvation. Throughout the Caribbean and Latin America, the basics of food and access to clean water are a daily struggle. I only get food when other people give me food. When you partner with Food for the Poor, you answer the desperate prayers of moms and kids. Your gift of $175 will provide food for a year and water for life for two suffering children. Just pennies a day gives food and water, hope and life. Please give life now. Call 855-828-4673, 855-828-4673, or click the red Give Life banner at wordfm.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. 
a complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. The green and white cups from Starbucks could be a thing of the past, as the chain plans to push people to bring their own cups. Company officials said yesterday, I'm reading here from the New York Post, it says the Seattle-based chain claims it is aiming to create a cultural movement toward reusables by 2025 by nudging the public to get their drinks in reusable containers rather than single-use paper and plastic. Apparently, Starbucks customers will be able to use their own reusable cups at every Starbucks store in the U.S. and Canada, regardless of the order. Now, I know that Christy Stockdale loves herself some Starbucks. As do I. Um, I have actually done this for a long time. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I love iced tea. And so whenever I travel, I always bring my own, you know, water bottle and ask them to put it in a water bottle. And it's always been fine. And I get a 10 cent discount. Have you ever done this, Christy? I have. I have quite a few Starbucks cups. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you think about, like, would you, would anything bother you about losing the single use cups? It wouldn't, but... I, I would want more than a 10 cent discount. I agree. I agree. Well, it says that the company is also considering additional discounts. Tests include a 50 cent discount for customers who use reusable cups and a 10% fee if you do the single use thing. So you're kind of getting a reward and punishment there. I, um, I'm married to a man who is absolutely um, not just passionate about coffee, but fussy about it as anyone is about something they truly love. And so drinking coffee out of a paper thing is an abomination to him anyway. He said it instantly brings the experience down, has to be in a mug, has to be, the mug has to have some variety of substance heft to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Do you feel the same way? I don't, but I also drink fancy coffees. You do, right. So, I Mm -hmm. mean, it doesn't really bother me. Right. Do you ever drink cold coffee? Yeah, all the time. Okay. So, Usually in the summer. Okay. But you say so you don't do it in the winter. Not really. Okay. So I only drink cold things because I don't like hot beverages of any sort. So, but I still would much rather drink my, they, Starbucks has just a few teas, but the teas they have are outstanding. I, I don't need a lot of tea. You know, as I don't need to pick between 30 kinds of tea, but I just like to go in a place and have good tea. And I don't have that at Duncan. I'll be honest with you. Sorry, Duncan. Um, the tea at Starbucks is just way better. And it always tastes better to me if it's in some kind, if it, I mean, if it's in glass, that would be ideal if I could bring my own glass or something like that. But even if I bring my water bottle, to me, it tastes better than coming out of the plastic thing I get at Starbucks. Oh, I don't drink a lot of tea. So, yeah, you know. 
Okay. Can't really comment. All right. Okay. Um, are you done with? Is the pumpkin spice thing over? Yeah, that's only like a couple months. Okay. It's only in fall. So, what do you do now? Cinnamon dolce lattes. Wow. Okay. And is that with skim milk? No. Of course no. not. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Whatever they're like, whatever they make it with. I think they make it with 2%. That, that's what I make, get it with. Okay. And is it hot? Yeah. You can get it iced too, but I always get hot. Okay. And when are you going to move to the ice thing? A couple months. Like once it really gets warm, I'll get cold brews. Oh, cold brews. That's like, so, I could never handle, manage the caffeine in those. Oh, it's great. Oh, get out of here. Oh my gosh. Anyway. All right. We need to take a break. We're going to come back. Terrific five o'clock hour coming up. Ready? Career polygamy. Some remote employees are secretly juggling multiple jobs. We'll talk about it next. Right home. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Biden says the United States is sending more military assistance to Ukraine. An additional $800 million in assistance. That brings the total of new U.S. security assistance to Ukraine to $1 billion just this week. Biden is speaking just hours after Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky delivered a video address to members of Congress in which he made an impassioned plea for the U.S. and West to provide more help. Elsewhere, the prime ministers of Poland, the Czech Republic, and Slovenia have safely returned to Central Europe after visiting a show of support in Ukraine. And NATO defense ministers weighing options for bolstering the alliance's eastern flank near Ukraine and Russia for the next five to ten years. They say they're still not happy with Russia one bit. This is SRN News. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You will receive a lifetime labor warranty from doing it right. Doing it right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Got questions? Cornerstone TV has answers for today's hot topics and your burning questions on faith, family, and more. Hope happens here. No prayer that has begun in heaven is ever rejected when it gets back. It, it yeah. sounds like I'm the only one that got it right up here. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> hang out with our Hard Questions team Thursdays, 2 p.m. and 9 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found an unshakable educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where students experience an engaging, rock-solid Christian education at each of their three North Hills campuses, enabling them to thrive academically, spiritually, and socially. 
Schedule a personal tour today and see what a consistent quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. It's a very common fear to have a fear of the dentist. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock. Voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. I feel particularly drawn to making sure that all patients are at ease. That extra gentle touch, the extra nudge to tell them it's okay, we'll get through this together. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Increasing clouds expected tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 47. It'll be warm tomorrow with clouds and breaks of sunshine. We'll reach a high of 66. Rather cloudy skies tomorrow night, mild with a low of 47. Friday, some sunshine, then turning cloudy and remaining warm. We'll reach a high Friday of 71. For Saturday, cloudy and breezy with occasional rain will reach a high Saturday of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Kathy Emmons with you today, not with John. John taking a day off today, another day off. Happy that he was able to do that. He took a long car trip. Hopefully he's going to be back with us tomorrow. Let us know about, I think he drove 1,300 miles in two days, which is sickening, really. But anyway, uh, he's home safely. Hopefully he's, I told him, sleep for an entire day to recover. And uh, we'll be back with you, both of us. Uh, tomorrow, but the five o'clock hour uh, ahead, I'm just really excited about. Really grateful for the two people who are going to be with me today. Doug Bursch, in just a couple minutes, we're going to talk about um, the latest story that just broke last night from Christianity Today: um, allegations of sexual harassment by two leaders of Christianity Today um, who've been at the helm of that organization for the last um, decade or so. We'll talk about that next, and also at five thirty-five, nothing wasted. Casey Van Norman will talk about. God uses the stuff that you wouldn't. Um, before we go any further, though, and I do want to save a lot of time to talk to these uh, two people, I just want to say again, and I said this at the top of the four o'clock hour, um, that if you were not able to watch Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's live address to Congress this morning, I just urge you before you go to bed tonight to make some time in your schedule. It's only about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes long um, to just watch it. Um, we truly are in a shocking period in history where we can see the horrors of suffering. We can see what it looks like when a hospital is bombed, when a maternity hospital in particular is bombed, um, what it looks like when kids are irreparably 
injured, what it looks like when animals are afraid, um, what it looks like when people are at the end of their rope trying to care for the elderly, trying to maintain some sort of order in a neighborhood, um, trying to deal with the death of a loved one. We can see all of that on our computer screens, on our phones. We can watch it on television. But today, um, you have the chance, if you watch Zelensky's address, the opportunity to see and hear from a hero of our generation, truly. And you can hear him speak in real time while his country is under attack. Um, as I said at the four o'clock hour, this address will amaze you and the video he included in it will break your heart. Um, and so, um, I don't know. I, I'm not advocating for a policy position, but I am asking everyone within the sound of my voice to lift up your heart to God, um, that we pray for President Biden and for the leaders of our country, that we pray for the leaders of Europe, that we pray that the heart of the leaders of Russia would be changed, and we pray for the mercy of God on the people of Ukraine. We have a big five o'clock hour, so we're going to take a break and come back. We'll talk about the latest allegations from Christianity today. Coming up next, so grateful you're with me today. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. One hundred one point five W O R D. I won! I won! Yes! And we want you to win too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes updates each Friday. You can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes updates mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com/slash/subscribe. Spring is so close, and with the budding of the trees, the blooming of the flowers, the shedding of our winter clothes, Realtor yard signs will soon be popping up all over our neighborhoods. Now, these are strange days indeed, but if you've been dreaming and hoping to buy that house, the first thing you need to do is connect with United Faith Mortgage. Of course, you've heard them here on Word FM, and for many good reasons, our listeners have made United Faith Mortgage their go-to mortgage provider. It's the small family team, the big lender advantage that gets your attention, but as you go deeper into the process, the kid glove care from Denise, Ryan, John lets you know you've made the right decision. So, if you're looking for a mortgage, or to refinance, or a cash-out mortgage, do your homework. And then go to unitedfaithmortgage.com to get pre-approved. United Faith Mortgage, where faith and family are first and foremost with people just like you and me. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable. So don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com 
and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Last evening, news broke that for more than a dozen years, Christianity Today, flagship magazine, failed to hold two ministry leaders accountable for sexual harassment at its Carroll Stream, Illinois office. This is an article that was reported by CT News Editor Dan Silliman, who's a frequent guest on our show, edited by Senior News Editor Kate Shelnut, who we just talked to a couple days ago about something unrelated. Um, so two people that we've come to know uh, and appreciate over these last, uh, we've known Kate a long time, Daniel, maybe over the last year or so. Um, but I wanted to bring this to air today in particular um, because it's an important story. But second of all, because one of the people who has been accused of this is Mark Galley, who's uh, the former editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. And for those of you who have been longtime listeners to The Ride Home, you know that Mark Galley was a monthly guest on our show for years, six or seven years maybe. Um, and so um, we got to know Mark uh, through the radio over that amount of time, and he shared a lot of really wonderful insights with us, and we really appreciated our friend. And uh, both, even though John's not here today, I know I can speak for him, both John and I um, incredibly grieved to read this story last night, uh, just really sad about it and angry about it and all those things that we have felt over the years when um, other ones of our guests have um, been found to have had issues related um, to sexual harassment or worse. And um, so, you know, I had a hard time going to sleep last night just thinking about all this and trying to come up with a way to talk to you all as listeners about it, a way to be honest from my perspective as a host about it. And um, I thought of Doug Birch, who's been a wonderful friend to both John and I. And we've talked with uh, about we've talked to Doug about a lot of things that have been difficult and personal, and I thought he would be a terrific person to kind of pass through this with. Doug is the co-pastor of Evergreen Foursquare Church in Auburn, Washington. He's the host and producer of the fairly spiritual show, radio program, and podcast. Also the author of a terrific book about living online, which is Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us, and What We Can Do About It. Doug, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back. Well, well, Kathy, thanks for having me on the show today. Of course, these are really difficult topics, but I'd love to be able to talk with you a little bit about how to process this because we're all trying to process it. Yeah. So the first thing I said, and I was speaking through my own lens as a radio host that, um, you know, we had a radio relationship with Mark for a long time. And of course, never knew that this was a thing that had been reported or as according to the CT article tells us, had not been reported. Um, so there were clearly a lot of internal problems at Christianity Today in their organization, Doug, about how they dealt with complaints and whether there was any follow through. So maybe we should talk about that first. Yeah, well, it's interesting because the report uh, talks about uh, six or eight, I don't know if I have the exact number, nine women who complained about a, a pattern of sexual harassment. And it's important, regardless if someone is like, well, well, how bad was the harassment or those sorts of questions? The fact is, that's a problem when uh, one or two individuals 
have repeatedly uh, different women in this case reporting about uh, troubling behavior. And it looks like uh, from their own report is that those reports went nowhere and they went nowhere in the sense that there was nothing actionable on them. So people stopped reporting. So that's always the question as well. Is, is this just the tip of the iceberg? If you have an environment that doesn't seem to value reporting and also the fear that if one reports, there might be retribution or they might just stick out that now there'll be, there'll be a spotlight on them that they don't want because this is not their fault. We must remember this in any form of reporting, even the most minor, seemingly minor form of harassment. That person didn't choose to be harassed. It is not their fault and they should have the right and there should be an environment where they can clearly communicate anything that makes them uncomfortable. Every healthy work environment would welcome those kinds of expressions of reporting anything that makes you uncomfortable or seems wrong in the work environment. Right. I think that, um, you know, in trying to come up with uh, my thoughts on the matter and kind of thinking about how you and I might talk about this together, Doug, I'm, I, I come back to the fact that we are all complex people from different backgrounds and different things seem uh, scary or overwhelming or threatening or bothersome or whatever it is to us. And so part of learning to work together is that we kind of learn about each other, right? And we say, oh, you know what? I spoke too harshly to that person and made them cry. And I didn't mean to do that. And I feel badly about that. Um, or we could say an instance like that. We'd say, I can't believe that person is so weak that they cried when I yelled at them. Do you know what I mean? Like there's two different yeah. ways to look at that. And I think that in an issue of sexual harassment, it can be the same type of thing where you have people who say, look, that was that was threatening to me. And the response from the quote unquote, you know, alleged aggressor could be, I'm sorry I did that. Or it could also be, why are you so sensitive? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things to look at. One, I just want to remind your listeners, whenever anything that's been hidden in darkness comes to light. That's a good thing. Mm. And sometimes we get nervous. Like we've heard a new revelation about a climate at Christianity Today and individuals involved in that climate. God is not surprised by this information. God has been aware of what's been going on. We're surprised, but it's always good for darkness to come into the light. Even if there's chaos following, even if there's a lot of not knowing how to respond or maybe even responding in the wrong way, it is always good. And this entire concept of Me Too movement is a huge thing. It's a good thing that no longer are we going to allow certain harassments or any harassment, hopefully, uh, to hide in the darkness. And that's a change in our culture. And I want to remind people, too, that just because it's been revealed, it doesn't mean that suddenly the world is falling apart. Actually, this kind of terrible stuff has happened throughout history. I'm not justifying it. It's just been hidden. In fact, you know, in our church, I once had someone say to me, and this wasn't about harassment, but they said, it seems like our church has a lot more conflicts in the sense of, I hear about people having marital struggles or addiction problems. And the person said, it seems like we have more conflicts than the church I grew up in. And I said to them, I would respectfully say the difference between the church you grew up in and our church is we don't hide those mm -hmm. things. We bring them into the light. And this is what we're seeing. And it's hard because our whole idea of Christianity, the conception of existence of, or all, of the what we see all the good people are going to gather on Sunday morning. Yes. And it's all being shattered. It we're is. seeing and it should the be way shattered. God is, it should be right. shattered because that was never what the church was supposed to be. Yeah. And God has always seen it this way. 
So we're getting a better perspective of the reality. And now we can respond in redemptive ways or not. And this idea about how people respond to criticisms, here's an issue. Uh, how people respond and institutions respond is incredibly important. If people try to minimize accusations, explain away accusations, uh, ridicule accusations, that is a problem. Yeah. Because if you love someone, even if you've done something that isn't wrong, if they perceive that you've done something wrong, you want to do everything in your power to make sure that never happens again. Uh, the, the issue is, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize that now that I do. I'm sorry, I will never do that again. You are allowed to speak to me about these issues. And also in a work environment, I'm going to go to the proper authorities because the very fact that I'm a person in positions of leadership means there's an unfair power differential. So you don't have to talk to me. You can talk to my supervisors. I will listen to what they say. That's the goal of a repentant person. But when we minimize and justify and explain away, that's a sign that we are not uh, advocating for a healthy work environment. And that's true in a healthy marriage, a healthy family, a healthy church. And so I don't think it matters whether they're little accusations or big accusations. The responses really tell you about the health or the lack of health in that culture. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Doug Bursch is my guest. He's the author of Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us and What We Can Do About It. Um, Doug why does this keep happening <laughs> is a very basic question. Um, and well, first of all, I'll, I'll let you answer that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I could answer it, I am the most arrogant man in the world. Even talking as a man, I don't realize I have uh, much authority to speak about anything. I know as a pastor, I've seen people do terrible things, mm -hmm. destroy their marriages, destroy their families, do things that are so irrational, even for whatever supposed benefit they were to get out of it. The amount of harm that it caused, it is complete madness. And I think as Christians, we'd say at some level that shows the depravity of yeah. humans. Uh, I also think it's important, though, is that we have in our culture this idea of there are monsters and then there are good people. And the monsters are the people who do terrible things. Now, there are monstrous actions, and I understand why we call people monsters, but there's a problem with this. When we say only monsters harass people, only monsters abuse, only monsters you know, sexually abuse, then we don't look at those problems in the regular people. Because the reality is it's not just monsters. There's people who 80, 90, 95% of their life can produce good fruit. They can do good things, but they take one area of their life and they refuse to bring it into the light. And they can do monstrous things because of that. Abuse, harm, neglect, uh, total depravity in that area, whether it's 5% of their life or 80% of their life. And this is really important. If we don't see how these things are in us, that unchecked, we can be just as depraved as others, unchecked or unaccountable. We can do just as much harm to other people. Then we're not going to catch things earlier where we can deal with things at the beginning. Because a culture, for instance, should be the moment someone feels uncomfortable. Right. We talk about that because we don't want it to go any further. But if it's hidden, if it's allowed to grow, uh, then you get these extreme expressions. So I think at some level, that's the issue. The more you suppress things, the more it hides in the darkness mm -hmm. and the greater it becomes and its consequences, its evil consequences. Doug, um, I wish I could say that this is the first time this has happened, that we've had a guest who's ended up, you know, kind of uh, living a double life. It's sadly not. I have a whole list of people who we have developed relationships with over the years who've ended up being in some sort of sexually abusive position. Um, a lot of them have come to public scandal and come to public ruin. And um, I, I think 
all of us, male or female, it doesn't matter, anyone who believes in Jesus and loves the church sees a story like this and is grieved over and over again that we're living through this and we see this come to light. Um, And it's difficult. It's a a difficult thing to process. So if you're hearing this and you you were a fan of Mark when he was on the show or you very much love Christianity Today, which, by the way, has released a a very, I think, well-worded statement from their new editor, Timothy Dalrymple, about this. Um, You can read that on CT's website. Um, Or if this is reminding you of something in your own life, let me just say, I'm going to be very forthright about this, that um, I was bothered enough that I went and spoke to my therapist about this this morning because um, it's hard to come to terms with. And it's hard to accept that people who present as one thing are something different. Um, At the same time, Doug, I also want to say that um, our responsibility as Christians is just what you said to recognize that the monster is us. And uh, I'm not looking out there and pointing at whoever it is and saying the evil's over there. Because the evil's in here, inside me as well. And so uh, while it's important to ha- to say that that's not acceptable, that can't happen in the workplace and we're going to stop it, at the same time, I want to be a person who recognizes that we all have a common sin problem and we need to be honest about who we are. So I don't know where I'm going with all of that except yeah. to just say that that's how I feel about it. Well, one, I just, I'm sorry, even Kathy, that you've been sinned against in that way. When anyone betrays trust... That's a trust that's been betrayed for you as you've worked with these people. And it should break our hearts when we're sinned against. That's not a bad thing that our hearts are broken. It's a sign that we have the heart of Christ. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that everything is equal in the sense of there are sins that greatly harm people. I understand that we can all be sinful, but people who have been abused and harmed and hurt, uh, the consequences of that, the the marring of the image of Christ within us, the shame, the guilt, those are lifelong struggles for people. So we must take it serious mm-hmm. or seriously when we see any form of abuse. You know, as a pastor, I've had to turn in people to the police when I found out about abuse and immediately did that. Friends that had lied to me found out abuse and they're in prison now. Uh, And then I think about that. What was that about, Lord? How could that person be so duplicitous? How could I not know? How could I have not seen, right? And so we begin to not trust. We begin to be afraid of any person. You know, I understand why people are afraid of leaders, afraid of men, afraid of because they have enough background to prove that they shouldn't trust people. For me, that's where I have to entrust my heart to God and trust that God is going to be enough for me when people betray me. And that's those lonely places is also where we find the true voice mm-hmm. of God. I, I don't know why people do these things. I, I, but I also want to not pretend that I'm above this. Mm-hmm. So I want to put every area of accountability possible. And if anyone sees anything in me or says anything to me that makes me uncomfortable, instead of trying to explain it away, I want to do everything in my power to thank you for pointing it out. Uh, And then not making it their job to make me be a better person, but actively in my own self, find ways to serve God, to serve those in authority, to serve those that I've harmed or even perceived to have harmed. That to me is being the servant of all. And if people are afraid to do that, then their pride is in the way. And that's where all of us as listeners can do that. If it's one thing to justify ourselves, but our goal is to facilitate healthy relationships. And so that means I'm going to take seriously 
like even my, my wife, if my wife is remotely concerned or scared of me, I don't explain that away and tell her to view it differently. Yeah. I submit, surrender and repent. If my kids don't want to come to the house because they're afraid of me, I don't justify that and say, well, it's their fault. I submit, I surrender and I repent. Right. Okay. But a common theme in a lot of the stories that, uh, that I know intimately, not intimately because I have not been yeah. the aggrieved party. I want to be honest about that. I want to be forthright. Not, I just was not the aggrieved party, but the story that I'm familiar with, that was not the case, Doug. And that's the flag that we're talking yeah. about, is that when confronted, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I am so sorry you took it that way. How can I make it right? It has been the opposite of that. It's been like, I can't believe, just the way we started the conversation, that she's so sensitive. Yeah. I can't believe that he you know, can't take it. And that, to me, is where we all need to like sit up and take notice if someone says that to us and we respond that way we're 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 already down a wrong path yeah well and we have a culture that lifts up narcissists and this is the struggle i have we vote for narcissists we put them in positions of power we justify their sins we we celebrate the fact that they don't apologize or repent so yes We blame abusers, but we also need to look at a culture that glorifies people who don't apologize, don't repent, and are some of the most narcissistic, proud, arrogant people on the planet. Right, and that's all over the church. It's in the church leadership. It's in political leadership. Right, right. It's all all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Did you listen to the Mars Hill podcast? Uh, Yeah, I listened to some of it because we went through that in the Seattle area, and I actually talked about the concerns I had for Mark Driscoll were the same the people he worked with were being harmed. I mean, there's all kinds of other tangential things, but he had pastor after pastor who had a traumatic experience with him. And anytime he was confronted, he, he just refused to admit that he had a problem. And that's trouble. You, you just can't have leaders who believe they're somehow more perfect than the rest of us. So same kind of issue in yeah. the church. And, yeah. and, and people want power are wanting power, wanting to be on the radio, even for me, you know, wanting, there's an ego in that. And so those people wanting to edit a magazine, that ego unchecked can lead to this kind of terrible stuff. Yeah, you're right. And there also is something sick about us, either as congregants, as parishioners, as people that download podcasts or people that buy books or whatever it is, that we tend to like people who are like that. Some yeah. there's something about us that's attracted. I know we're attracted to strong leaders. I get that, but there's something that we like about the fact that oh, well, that guy's not going to take any flack, or that guy's not going to bow down to whatever, and he's gonna and he's gonna, and then we end up looking down the line, and there's just a a it's just littered with people who've been injured, littered. Yeah, well, and I think among Christians, we also need to look at our view of women in general. And if we have a low view of women in ministry, and if we believe women cannot lead us, teach us, help us then we're going to view them primarily in terms of how they serve us, in terms of sex, pregnancy, uh, procreation. And so when you start training men at an early age to view women just in how they can serve you, you have a problem. When you start seeing women as Christ in your presence, listening for the voice of Christ in them, you treat them differently. And that's something I don't think we're still willing to have a conversation about. But a low view of women spiritually will lead to a low view of women in every area of their life. Doug, I'm grateful you were able to come on and talk about this difficult subject. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, for your listeners, I want to remind them that God knows. Yep. God knows and he's with us. All right, Doug. Doug Burst, check out his book, Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us and What We Can Do About It. Thanks, Doug. See you soon. Thanks. I remember 
trying to choose a college when I was of that age and thinking, how does this work? There's no one to help me. Um, my parents didn't have a clue. They didn't attend college. My guidance counselor, he kind of shrugged his shoulders. There was a lot of anxiety. Uh, everything worked out fine in the end. But I, when you look at where kids are today, especially, I mean, all the pressure the mm. kids have, social media, all the online stuff, you get things in the mail nonstop. I mean, there's a lot of pressure to choose the right college, to do the right thing, to propel you to that full future that awaits you. It seems like a lot, doesn't it? I remember the first week or two of seventh grade for one of my daughters. Seventh, seventh grade. grade. They had an assembly where they were handed this chart and they had to like decide what they wanted to do career wise so that in seventh grade they could start picking the right classes so that they could graduate with the right skill set so they could get accepted into the right college and then they could get the job that they want. Oh my gosh. No. That's so much pressure for a seventh grader. So where's God in all this? Exactly. And is there a way to raise children and encourage students to think that they don't just belong to themselves, but they belong to God? Find out at Grove City College. What does God have for you? GCC.edu. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over one 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Increasing clouds expected tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 47. It'll be warm tomorrow with clouds and breaks of sunshine. We'll reach a high of 66. Rather cloudy skies tomorrow night, mild with a low of 47. Friday, some sunshine, then turning cloudy and remaining warm. We'll reach a high Friday of 71. For Saturday, cloudy and breezy with occasional rain. We'll reach a high Saturday of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. What makes sense? <laughs> Does what make sense? Circus peanuts. <laughs> Wait, circus peanuts yeah. candy. Yeah. Those little orange yeah. nuggets. The 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 sponge. Yeah. The weirdo shaped like a peanut but uh-huh. doesn't taste like one. 
Now, I've got a, a long history with Circus Peanuts. Mm, I know you do. Right. I mean, when we were kids, my dad would buy, that was like like the greatest treat like in the universe. Oh, my gosh. And then we had a family picnic on Saturday. Uh-huh. What showed up? The Circus Peanuts. That's why I bring it up. Well, it was your, an ode. Your wife sent a photograph. She did. Uh-huh. It was just an ode to childhood. Yeah. I was surprised. I missed them. But, but then they showed up and she was like, here, have a Circus Peanut. I ate one. Boy, they're bad. See, that's a bad candy. That is, that is, it could be, oh, next to the Zagna, that could be the most disgusting candy. No, we also used to have uh, marshmallow co- coconut, coconut marshmallows. Coconut marshmallows? Yeah, that was, we're not bad. That was kind of like my, like my dad drove know what that the is. snack train. Okay. You know, so we would get circus peanuts or yeah. a marshmallow covered in coconut. That doesn't, I don't know What, am I going to say no to my dad? I, I'm going to get a snack. I'm going to, you know. Have a circus peanut. Just okay, so you're saying a circus peanut, what, yes or no? I can't in my, you know, I, I can't go against it. So, yeah, the circus peanut, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. It does. Nice, wrong. <laughs> All right, I'll see your circus peanut and raise you. Does this make sense? Diet soda. Oh. Now, here's the deal. Gosh, get out of here. Diet soda, is, it doesn't make any sense to me. Are wait, you asking me? Or are I, you telling me? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going on. Does it make sense to no, you? No, absolutely not. Now you can go on ahead. All right. Well, look, who doesn't like a nice frosty cold Coca-Cola? Right? I like a Coke. But, man, all that sugar in there. And I've been drinking it all my life. But so sometimes I try to be good and I go, okay, I'm not going to drink soda. I'll have a diet soda. Well, it's kind of like drinking an O'Doul's. <laughs> it is. Like, what's the point? What, what Let's is just the point? not drink it. Seriously. Diet soda tastes like some concoction in, you know, it's disgusting. Frankenstein's laboratory. It's, it is. And it's totally artificial. It's the worst. It's the worst. So I was at the pirate game the other night and I'm I'll have a diet soda. I instantly regretted it. Because I'm, you have that taste in the back of your throat, right? Like, You're like... It was like sucking on a metal pipe. It, why would I do that? Yeah. I mean, I understand why people do it because they want like they have a soda, but it's a really poor second. It it's, really is. It, so, I, the bottom line is that yeah. it just doesn't. Now, make the worst combination sense. probably would be would be to have a diet soda with a circus peanut. One hundred one point five W O R D. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with
with prices set to increase on all exterior products, lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Springhouse? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84 Pennsylvania. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. look back on those years of misspent youth, of which I had a lot of years of misspent youth. <laughs> and you go, Are they still going on? Or? Oh, no, I'm, I'm gone. I've stabled right. out here, you know. But, but you know, I, I, you go, what the heck was I thinking? Man, was that painful? Or that was a foolish time in my life. How could I be such a dummy? I mean, I, I, I often would think that. Mm. But then, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You think, well, oh, the things that I've learned, that was really good. The suffering was necessary. It refined me to, you know, move forward. Right? Yeah, but you seem like you're really upbeat about that. <laughs> well, you know, got, you- me to, got me to good time. <laughs> I mean, there, you know, you might catch me in a dark time and go, oh, my goodness gracious. I'm upbeat. Oh, my. He's pretty upbeat about his misspent youth. I mean, I guess it wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> Casey Van Norman's with us, professional counselor, which would be helpful about now. Bible teacher Hello. and the author of the books and study series Named by God and Raw Faith. Casey, welcome in. You guys are cracking me up. <laughs> Casey, yeah. you, but you know it's true, right? What I'm saying? <laughs> Misspent yes. youth? Yes, I wanted to say, oh, preach, yes. <laughs> okay, so and thank you for having me on to talk about our misspent youth. You're yeah. welcome. So, what there are times when you can look back on it and laugh, right? And there are times that right. you tried to pretend like it never happened, right? And that's really the core message of this book is to help readers understand that there is a place and a position for us because of the work of Christ that we can take ownership of all the good, bad, and ugly of our past. And that we don't have to run from our past or dismiss or downplay our past, but actually looking back is what sets us up to know the will of God and to move forward. And so that's kind of my path that I've been on with the Lord, and then what I'm hoping and praying is is the encouragement of this book. So, Casey, um, 
you know, people say, uh, I have heard people say this to me multiple times. I, I'm not sure if I've ever said it to someone else, but chances are probably yes. Your past does not define you. Now, you disagree with that. It does, but it does define you. It does define you. I can tell you as, a, as someone who has studied the human brain for many years that physiologically, anatomically, we are defined by our past. And I think if you really read the Bible in a whole integrated way, you would see that the Bible agrees with that. And, you know, I, it's not that we're not saying things that are have good intentions, like our past does not define us. I think we know what everyone's talking about is our identities in Christ alone. And then at the end of the day, He says who we are and, you know, what our eternity looks like, and, and we believe that. But to say that our past does not define us may just not be the most helpful way to point to an integrated whole approach to living. And so, yes, I, I'm, I'm kind of coming against the odds yeah. here with this book, um, taking another way of looking at it, but also, you know, using the book to prove both biblically and physiologically that what I'm saying is, is another way of saying it, that right. what if our past does define us, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, again, so another, you know, trite phrase, when people say, been there, done that, I mean, they say that for a reason, because they've lived through that, been there, done that. So, Case, talk to us about y your own story, because in Nothing Wasted, you talk about someone named Tanner. Tell us about him. Oh, well, Tanner was uh, one of the small, <laughs> small, big parts of my story. You know, it all ends up being this whole thing when you look back on it and you see all the patterns. But Tanner was just one of those Band-Aid guys that I used in my life to try to fill this wound that I had, this gaping hole of uh, rejection and abandonment that I'd experienced young in my life from my father. And really, as a teenager, thinking, am I rejected? Am I you know, somebody's used an unwanted material. And as a teenager, you're taking in all these messages and you're saying true or false, you know, to whatever attachment patterns and ways of love you're seeing in your childhood. And at, at 15, I was uh, brutally molested and raped by an older man. And that set me on a course to then uh, just go off the rails with every single way that I could think of to fill this this hole and to really believe that you are used and unwanted and, and Tanner was just one of my, um, you know, promiscuous relationships, but I had many and then also tampered, uh, tampered with drugs and addiction. And the, the point of the story is that I, I never really dealt with the wound itself yeah. of the abandonment yeah. of the abuse. Yeah. Right. And I carried that into my marriage and, and just faced mm -hmm. really the end of myself Uh, in my early 20s. And, you know, it, it's good to hear that story, Case, because, you know, uh, for polite Christian men and women, people don't talk about that in public. Right. It's something that, we you know, we should just put away because, you know, your, your passion past is your past. Right, and your passion <laughs> divine you. Yeah. Right, right. And I'm, that's why I'm so grateful you guys would trust me with this space for a moment to talk about this because I, I'm going to talk about a lot of, of really heavy-hitting hard topics in the book, a lot of vulnerability, but, but I've just seen the uh, beauty of confession, and then it really begets more freedom yeah, when, we, yeah. when we stand in the light. And I just, I want all of us to get to the end of the lie, you know, I just right. want us to get all to the end of this mediocre, wimpy faith that we're living and really just say what we are dealing with so that we can find the freedom to be obedient to Christ. 
Yeah. And that's where he would take me into my marriage. And I, I talk about holding on to this wound and it really rupturing into adultery in my marriage and almost ending my marriage. Uh, so I tell that story in the book of this three years living in an affair and being a leader in the church, being a Christian, not someone who, you know, didn't didn't know the Lord and then had this thing happen and came to know the Lord. And no, someone who very much loved Jesus and wanted Jesus to love her back and still found herself in just vile, habitual sin that hurts so many. And then, you know, what it took, the power that it took to awaken my heart to the reality of who God is. Casey Van Norman is with us, professional counselor, Bible teacher, and the author of the books and study series Named by God and Raw Faith. The new book is called Nothing Wasted, God Uses the Stuff You Wouldn't. Casey, I heard somebody talk over the um, maybe two weeks ago, and he was sharing his story. And I, I was thinking of the number of ways that he could have shared his story where he ended up, look, he would have looked better. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have gone yeah. into the like darkest places of it and maybe he could have like made been a hero yeah been a little bit of a hero mm-hmm. um but he chose not to do that and you know as i heard him talk i i thought to myself you know this is the real power of it the the real power of god is when we're not concerned about trying to present some type of image but we're just trying to tell the real story i think that's so good and i think that's so helpful you know And I I just think about what is going to bring us to the heart of who Jesus is and help us to see one another in the kingdom now as eternal, living forever. What does that look like to access that? And for me, it was my husband standing incarnate really as Jesus saying, you know, Casey, here you've betrayed me. You have lied to me. You are offering me nothing. You deserve for me to leave you and walk away. And instead... He said to me, Casey, I don't know how to not love you. Mm. Those were his exact words to me, and it forever changed my heart. And Mm. so for the past 10 years from that moment is what is the work of this book and just going, okay, what is it? What would it look like in my life for Jesus, for all of us to be saying that to us every single day? You bring me nothing. You have cheated on me in a million different ways and a million different, you know, with a million different prostitutes. And I could walk away from you, but instead, I come after you. I come after you in grace and forgiveness and love on your worst days. And better yet, I give you love and grace and mercy, because I'm not going to use the worst against you. I'm not going to use your worst against you. And I now, where the Lord has taken me, is, man, could I really love like that? Could I really treat people like that? And the good news of the kingdom is, yes. We can love without need of return, and it is a beautiful way of existing. It's freedom. That's fascinating. Case, thanks for being with us. It's a really great story, well told. Casey Van Plus Norman. it's a beautiful book, isn't it? It surely is. Nothing wasted. God uses the stuff you wouldn't. Casey Van Norman. This is important news. If you have unfiled tax returns, the IRS is shifting gears and ramping up investigations on non-filers this year. If you fail to file your tax returns for a year or more or you owe back taxes, now's the time to call Optima Tax Relief before the IRS finds you. Optima is America's number one most trusted tax resolution firm specialized in helping individuals, families, and businesses get right with the IRS. They're experts in the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, a powerful new program that 
can make resolving tax issues easier. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, Optima's award-winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks, bank accounts, homes, and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest, resolving over $1 billion in tax debts for their clients. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. COVID has done a lot of weird things to us. Um, it's also been beneficial in some ways, just like every circumstance in life, um, there, there can be benefits and there are losses. Um, and for some of you I know listening, you've had incredible losses in COVID, and I'm not making light of that at all. Um, just trying to come to grips with how complicated this era has been. Well, I read a story in the Durango Herald yesterday, which blew my mind a little bit, kind of took it to another level. Um, this is written by a man by the name of Jim Cross. This is what he says. My daughter recently encountered a disturbing issue at her place of employment that I did not know was out there. She's the vice president of a people operations at a tech startup. One of her employees suddenly stopped showing up to Zoom meetings and her work performance dropped dramatically. Until recently, she had done good work. The employee said her mother was ill and had received a terminal diagnosis. She requested a two-week personal leave. The request was granted. Flowers and well wishes were sent. Her pay continued. The company's suspicion arose when the employee returned for one day after the two-week personal leave and then abruptly resigned despite being offered continued support and additional personal leave. After further research, the company found that the employee had been working full-time for several companies at once. 
She'd been juggling the demands, the meetings, the travel of all of the jobs without revealing it to anyone she was working with or for. And she had been lying about her mother's illness. Okay, now the article goes off. I mean, that you would have enough organizational chops to be able to keep three jobs secret from one another, especially when they're all full time is really something. Anyway, the article goes on to say that the pandemic and the work from home change has allowed and even fostered this new form of employment for some white collar workers in tech, banking and insurance. This employee, of course, could never have gotten away with the charade if she had been expected to physically be in the office every day. But these individuals can be pulling in two hundred to six hundred thousand dollars a year, including bonuses and stock. And they don't apologize for taking advantage of a system they feel has taken advantage of them. Wow. Okay, so I have worked two jobs for uh, over a decade, but both of my employers know that I have another job and I have cons- I've always try to when I am at one job, I do not do anything related to other job. And when I'm at one job, I don't talk about my other job. Um, and if that sometimes happens, hopefully that's a, a very minimal part of the time. But that's the way that I feel like I'm fair to my employers. Um, but it's also a way to like keep yourself sane. Like you can only multitask so much before you lose your mind. And I just don't want to be in that situation. Christy, I know the work you do. You've done that for a long time. You just you take little jobs here and there and do all sorts of things. So how do you kind of keep yourself? How do you keep yourself sane? Um, I just have to walk away. There you go. Okay. All right. Can you get your head around this woman or all? It's not just one woman. I mean, apparently it's this whole post COVID wave where people are working three, four part-time jobs and pulling in two to $600,000. They're not, are they sleeping? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously this woman abruptly resigned from this one job because she must not have been able to pull it off after a while. You know what I mean? Like she finally thought I have. Anyway, they're calling this career polygamy. So it actually is popular enough and is frequent enough that it has engendered a label. And so they're calling um, it, (laughs) they're calling it being, I can't even say it, overemployed. (laughs) So you have a problem with being unemployed and then you've got a problem with being overemployed. Um, and it here's another part of the thing. Uh, it quoted Al Franken, who's not somebody I think I've ever quoted in my life, let alone on this show, that mediocre people are always at their best, right? There's no way that you could possibly work three or four full-time jobs like that and be really good at all of them. There's no way. So you're basically mailing it in a lot of the time. I mean, it did say, the article said her performance dropped off. Yeah, it was good at first. Yeah. And then as things went on, things kind of declined because there's just too many plates to keep spinning. I mean, get out of here. Even I have had um, instances, and I bet you have, where you're on a Zoom meeting and you can tell the person on the meeting is doing something else or is maybe, I've often thought this, is in another meeting. I've thought that, you know, how you have your phone in front of you, people have their phone in front mm-hmm. of you, and then there's the computer there. I have, uh, not often, but a couple times I can think of, been in a Zoom meeting, and I thought, oh, that person is on another meeting on their phone. 
I've never thought that, mm-hmm. but that makes a lot of sense. Okay, how about this? This is something that was way before COVID, but it was my... It, it was early days that I'd been working here, so maybe 10 years ago, and we uh, were doing conference calls. It was my very first conference call, and I only work part-time here in the afternoon, so it was a morning conference call. Anyway, I was on a conference call with several important people, and I did not mute the phone, but was out watering my garden, <laughs> Okay, which apparently sounded like I was in the shower or out in a rainstorm or something like that. I get this frantic text in all caps from our boss like, Kathy, what are you doing? (laughs) See, I'd be the worst person to maintain three secret full-time jobs and just give it up in the end. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.